you for listening to this message from the North Gate. Before we step forward, I want to honor my bride 16 years this past Friday. 16 amazing years, 17 together, 16 married. So we, we, it, it, we made it happen that quick. We made it happen that quick. And uh, go ahead and please be seated. Before she comes up and shares what the Lord has put on her heart for the family, um, for our anniversary, we went to Blue Canyon. Amazing food if you've never been to that restaurant over in Twinsburg. Absolutely phenomenal restaurant. We went there, we dressed up. And uh, went out, and then we decided to go to a late-night movie that we normally don't do. And we went and saw a movie that I've not seen since the third one. And that's like the Fast and Furious, like, 12 or 13. I don't know whatever it is at this point. So I saw number three, and then after that, I guess I got sanctified and holy and didn't watch anymore. But we felt a nudge by Holy Spirit to go watch the new Fast and Furious movie. And I'm telling you right now, when you have an opportunity to go watch that movie, from Guardians of the Galaxy to the last two movies we've seen, Fast and the Furious, all of it has to do with family and legacy. The Lord is setting something up in the earth to get rooted, get seated, for what? For the sake of the next generation. I'm not going to do spoiler alert, but I'm going to give you one line in that movie. A man, everybody knows Dom Toretto, who is the main character, one thing that he is known for is giving it all for his family. And what I love about what he calls family is not all of its blood. The church could learn a message from Fast and the Furious. And in that, somebody's trying to, of course, most all Fast and Furious is here lately is about taking his family away from him. And he makes one line. And, and they ask him, why do you have what you have? He said, I have family because I have honor. And when you have honor, you have family. And without family, you are nothing. Because with family is the only way that you can have legacy. You'll never have family, listen to me, without honor. And inside of that, without family, we are nothing. We are nothing. And so I am thankful for this family, and I'm thankful for my wife, and it's the rare times that she really feels like she needs to share something. And so I know people are like, oh, that was like honor the family and honor that she is. This is honoring the family table. This is, this is one great way to have a pastor's appreciation, an honor Sunday, having this woman of God who, listen, you don't see her sit in the chair every morning and pray and cry out. I watch her life. She is the real deal. And I'm honored to look at her and say, we have a Tammy Thompson. We have a, a, a Robbie Smith. We have a Shirley Ball right here at the North Gate. And it is Tina Lovejoy. Will you honor her as she brings the word? Thank you all. And thank you guys for the gifts last weekend. Thank you so very much. You guys blew my socks off. Like, seriously, I did not expect that kind of honor, but that's, it's part of the, the word actually here, and I'll, I'll explain a little more. Um, on Monday in prayer meeting this past Monday, I felt Holy Spirit whisper to me, it's time to break up the fallowed ground. And it took me to Hosea ten twelve, And in this, it's actually the Lord telling telling the prophet what he wanted to do with Israel, but they weren't heeding. They kept going rebellious and then coming back and rebellious and coming back. But this was the, the scripture he led me to. It says, Yahweh says to Israel, I wanted to harvest Ephraim, but Ephraim put Ephraim in work in the fields, Judah plowing, Jacob harrowing, sow righteousness and reap love. It's time to till the ready earth. It's time to dig in with God until he arrives with righteousness ripe for harvest. Israel didn't heed to that word, but I felt like he was giving us that charge at the North Gate because we've been actually called the Ox Company, yes. which is Ephraim. 
And he said, I wanted Ephraim to work the fields. And Ephraim was the grandson. So we're talking three generations here. He said he wanted to put Ephraim to work in the fields, Judah plowing, Jacob harrowing. So the father, a son, and a grandson together for the harvest of righteousness. But Israel didn't heed, but the Northgate family, we will heed. We are an ox company, which means we will go in and plow the land. We will heed to the word. It's time to break up the fallowed ground. I I knew somewhat what fallowed ground meant, but I looked it up. Fallowed ground is the unplowed land where it's been sown into before in prior seasons or prior generations, but because it was reaped from so much, it actually has to remain with no plow through it for a season so it can re-nourish the ground, the soil, so a new harvest can come. So I felt like just declaring over us as a Northgate, it's time. I know we all know that word of the fig tree and how it needed to be pruned back to produce more fruit. I feel like this is a word that goes right along with that for us because we, have, we ran hard as overtaken, right? We ran hard. And I feel like the last couple of years of us pulling back was the following of the ground us allowing the ground to get the nutrients correct, us all putting our roots in the ground and allowing them to go deep. And now it's time, and I felt Holy Spirit tell me on Monday to tell you guys, it's time to ready the land and it's time to sow, sow, sow. And that's why we needed to pull back because the ground needed replenishing. And if he's telling us it's time to sow, he's declaring that rain is coming. The rain is coming. The season of harvesting is coming for the North Gate. We've had to pull back. We've had to dig in, but now it's time. It's time for the three generations. And I think he led us to this, that exact, exact scripture of it being the children, the, the Ephraim that he wanted to work the fields along with Judah and Jacob is because the young generation coming in. They came in and started seeing like, Something's ready. Something's ready. And they started declaring to Judah, it's time. And then Judah starts declaring to the father, Jacob, it's time. So that was it. That was my word. But when I met with the gifts for Mother's Day, the season to sow, yes, it's with our money and it's with honor. But I feel like it's time like, to invest our resources, our energies, our focus into kingdom things because the ground is ready. And Prophet Mike in pre-service prayer tonight was talking about we're going to build him a throne. And he heard that we're going to build at this time with precious stones. And I told him it's because the precious stones are the treasures hidden in the field that have realized how precious they really are. So it's time to build this throne. It's the season of the favor of the Lord. And I know that sounded so churchy in the past, but that's in the word. There is a season for the favor of the Lord. And Streetsboro is going to look and say, how are you guys doing it? And all we're going to say is it's the favor of the Lord, which literally means he showed his face to us. So thank you, Northgate that you were willing to pull back and allow the ground to be nourished because it is time and the rain is coming. So So she started declaring that on Monday. And I, I mean, when she started reading it to me, I got all fired up and I told her to read it into the atmosphere. And then she hit on it just a touch. Ephraim. Ephraim is the only, Ephraim and Manasseh are the only tribe with two names. They were the two grandsons of Joseph. They were the only tribe of the children of Israel that are named after legacy, not after the father. And so in that, it wasn't the tribe of Joseph, it was the tribe, and that is the dreaming tribe. It is the ox tribe that, listen, gets a little bit messy. But in getting, revival's messy. That's one thing we have to begin to understand. But in that, it's the fruit and the harvest. Now, she made a statement about the word of the Lord. I want you to hear me clear on this because we're going to continue to announce the word of the Lord for the house. For us, it's be intentional. It's be intentional all you do. What did we start this year to be intentional? We got 
away from the COVID thing. We rearranged the seats. We started coming up to gather and worship again like we used to, okay? And in that, here's what I see. This is what I see today. Can I tell you what I see today? I look over. First, I'll tell you what I saw last week. Last week, and I mentioned it when I saw Lisa Bollinger right here, hands raised, lifting up the king. We win. Well, because of one woman? No, because a husband's wife encountering the love of God that was not raised in this. And when you asked her personally, when we did home groups, why do you continue to come? Because my children like to go to church there. And we as a family like to go to church there. And then we start winning because a family wants to be together in the presence of God. And not just come to church, but literally be active. Literally be responsive in the presence of God. And then tonight, there's just little things that like I feel like Holy Spirit just points out to me. And one was tonight, I just want to celebrate and honor Sam. Because in that, I'm, I'm watching her worship over here with no care. There was a time when you would come in here and you wouldn't even make eye contact with me. Now you won't make eye contact with me because you're face to face with the one who loves you. At one point, it was, it was a little insecurity, maybe some shame, some bits of the past. Now I'm looking over and watching you stand right here with your eyes closed and your head tilted back and your hands raised. Because you understand how loved you are by God. And then I look over this way to a young man that at probably the beginning part of the year was having some discipline issues and having some like lost of like identity, didn't know, and mom and dad were navigating through. And I look over and I'm watching Sarah worship and I'm watching her two children. I'm watching Isaac with his hands raised, not mimicking anything, singing as loud as he can. To the one who loves him. What's the answer to all of this? I'm going to give you one word. Actually two words. All in. That's the answer. That's the answer. The answer is all in. All in to what? Him. Him. And if you see somebody who has the marriage that's all into him, then do what they're doing. If you see somebody who was once addicted, once broken, once shattered, then all in. And what do you become then? You become the dreaming company of Ephraim who becomes the plowers of the fields, who becomes sought out and they start asking you questions. How do you buy a farm on a CD worker's salary? How do you do this? How do you do that? How did the miracle happen? How did the breakthrough? How did the marriage get restored? How did you come off drugs? How, how, how? He loves me. He loves me. All of everything, theology, hermeneutics, depth, we have finally learned. It all has to lead back to one thing, and it's Jesus loves me. And religion hates that. Religion hates that. When I spoke at Loads of Love, I had one direction, and it was this. You're loved by God. No matter what, you're loved by God. No matter what, you're loved by God. No matter what, He's there to show up for the walk. I didn't realize until I was speaking there that Adam just didn't disobey God once. He disobeyed Him twice. You know what the first thing was? Don't eat from the tree. You know what the second thing was? Show up for the walk. He didn't show up for the walk. And still in all of that, I wish the narrative of Genesis would have wrote, instead of, where are you, Adam? It's, I still love you. I'm still here for you. That is the mystery of the Bible. And so the great harvest of righteousness that literally Ephraim and Manasseh plow is the message of righteousness us being pierced, that He loves us no matter what. We are to be as we ought to be when we learn how loved we are with, by God. Period. 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 So what's the word of the Lord for us? Be intentional. Said yes to that. What's the next word of the Lord? We're the treasure in His hand. What makes us all begin to believe all this? What makes us begin to believe we're the treasure in His hand? The next piece that I believe 
we're looking for for the greatest harvest. And we're not going to pray our way through this. We're going to commune our way into this. I'm going to say this one more time. This is not a gimmick. This is the word of the Lord for this house. Give him 15. I even had a talk with a son the other day that was like, I get it. I get to give him 15. But I'm praying at work and I'm praying at home. And I'm, but that's not the word of the Lord for us. That stuff you're supposed to be doing daily. Listen to me. Praying at work, pray without ceasing. All that is supposed to be happening every single day. But it's like this morning when I came in here at 8 o'clock, I didn't pray for people to get saved. I didn't pray for people to get healed. I sat here. I sat over there. And then I sat in the section that's preparing for rain. I sat in the section that's preparing for rain. And I sat right here. And I did not ask God to fill this up. I didn't ask God to send us any new people. You know who I prayed for sitting in that seat? Do you know what the harvest of those seats are? Do you know what the harvest of those? Not you coming in here saying, God, fill this building. God, if you'll fill this building and save all of Streetsboro from hell and save Portage County from hell. Listen, people have been praying that and it's not working. You know what God told me will fill that? You knowing how loved you are. I prayed for you that are sitting here that you would figure out how big of a deal you are to Almighty God. The answer for real, true evangelism is not the greatest preacher on the planet or churches wouldn't be smaller than they are. Quit looking at the megachurch. The local church is the smallest it's ever been. Why do you think for two months we preached Hebrew 10 is literally the new day for us. Stop neglecting gathering together. Matter of fact, you should come together even more often. Does that mean you should? Yes, you should be in here on Saturdays and Sundays when we are gathered corporately. But do you know what the gathered together more frequently is? Me and Joe Yanish in here. Because we weren't alone today. Matter of fact, you know what it reminded me of? The days we used to gather by the river. When I was in here with Shauna, we had a time. And I did not pray that God fill this building. Matter of fact, I think I spent most of the time praying for her. I'd walk this way and see her sitting over there. And as I'm walking towards her, I'm just going, more, Lord. The answer for true evangelism in America is you radiating a glow that people go, what is different about you? And so I use this as a prime example today and say I'm super proud, super proud of you, Sam. You were glowing while you were worshiping. You know why? Because you didn't give a flip about anybody else in the room. It was just you and Jesus. She, I was watching you. It was like, it, the Lord's going to look at her. That's my daughter. And then I look over the other side at, what, a seven-year-old boy? Seven years old, don't give two flips. Legacy's happening. The same way two, a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old can get up and lead worship. So what happens when across the board, giving 15 doesn't become an obligation or a priority of religious duty. It becomes communion of you coming here and just being loved on. Because it's our, look at me, it's our word. And I watched, I don't know who the pastor was, but I was watching a guy who was like, we did all the gimmicks to grow our church. We did all the gimmicks. All, all these things I had in my heart, all these dreams. I would dream with my leaders. I had all these dreams. And we did every gimmick. Till the one day he said, I'm in my sanctuary praying. Going, God, you gave us this. Not for it to be empty. And he said, you're almost close. You're almost close to me giving you the desires of your heart. You're this close, buddy. When we realize it's not gimmicks, it's prayer between you and him. 
Because at the end of the day, it's not about this building being filled. It's about what the Bible says, prayer heals the land. If you don't care for the land where your feet touch, you want people to get saved, right? Salvation equals covenant, correct? Every time there's a covenant with a man, there has to be a covenant with the land. Every covenant in the Bible. God save my family. How bad do you want the land redeemed? And redeeming the land, Adam, is not about you building a church. It's about you taking a walk. The more we come in here and give him 15 intentionally and just walk with him. You know what will make it a lot easier? Pray without ceasing at work. Pray without ceasing at home. But there's something special. It's the word of the Lord, right? Do you want me to open the box? This piece of property is special for the 40 mile radius. And he wants us to fill the land with oil. Amen. So listen, I don't know. Here's what I do know. I'm super stoked when I'm in here in the office. I see a ton of people in here in the middle of the day. But if you're in a tug of war match about when I bring up coming in here and praying, this is what you have to ask yourself. Why? Why are you in a tug of war of the thing that transforms the universe? Prayer. I can tell you why. Because the enemy knows it works. What the church of America at large is doing the least of is praying. And guess what we're going to do as reformers? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. So I'm not here beating up on the person that hasn't seen it yet. I'm saying to you, please see it. Please see it. Because she's getting words now that it's time. And the crazy part was, Ed, was it you that heard me in the prayer meeting? Ed's in the, over here in the corner. I'm in the sound booth. And before Tina gets this revelation, because the end part of the scripture text says it's time, right? I'm in the back and the Lord's going, just announce it's time. I'm in the sound booth going, it's time. It's time, Abba. It's time. It's time. And then she gets up and reads that scripture text and says it's time. And I'm about wanted to run around the room because she didn't hear me. The only person who heard me was Ed. And this is what happens when you get in a room and begin to pray together. I love that you should have secret place time. But there's something about when you just get in a room with somebody else and then Yahweh starts bouncing fire off of both of you. It makes this thing adventurous. Adventurous. Amen. So man, no service here next week, but guess what we're doing all the time in here? Praying. Does that mean you got to be in here every single day? No, that's, that's not what that means. That's not what that means. But I'm saying if you can be in here, why not? Why not? What's it going to hurt? I'll tell you what it's going to hurt, the kingdom of darkness. And we're buying into this. Communion, walk with God daily. Ephraim, 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 I need you to plow the field. Who, who needs to plow the field? The dreamers. I need you to plow the field. I need you to get in a posture that you start dreaming huge with Yahweh in everything that you do. That's why, Paul, when I came in here today, you were so excited to tell me that they bought a white van. And he goes, that white van must be us getting closer to us delivering our baked goods. Why not? Why not? Why not? Jeremy's getting ready to open a donut shop. He's got the ideas for the donuts. You got the ideas for the cupcakes. Nietzsche's got the coffee. Sounds like it's time. And why do you get to do that? And why would you get to drive finally for your wife and not be prisoner to any other man who doesn't really respect you or honor you? Because it's time, Paul. And you gave me a gift. Because nobody knows what happened at a Chinese restaurant when a dad was taking his daughter out 
And God connected us together. And nobody was there in the gym when we sat on the back fire escape. And we prayed together. You know what it ultimately means, Paul? No matter how far the journey goes, we're meant to be together. Me and you, and then your wife was my neighbor as a kid. God knows what He's doing. And He's patient, and He's kind, and He loves you. And we love you. And your fulfillment is finally here. This is your home. And Paul, this is your family. Christy Lynn, this is your family. Everybody in this room, we're family. What have we walked through together? Let's just take a moment to that. Ephraim, dreamers. How many times did the enemy try to come in and take the dream? How many times? I knew specifically I was supposed to look into eyes of certain people in here on this day and look at you and say, it's time. It's time. It's time. Believe that this year is the greatest year in our history as a family. So Abba, I thank you for the dreamers in this room. God, I thank you that every time the enemy thought that he could set them back, you knew that the setback was going to catapult them forward. I thank you for the learners in this room that are dreamers in this room. And I thank you that there's no quit in this room. That when you could have thrown in the towel and you could have bailed and left, you didn't. You will see the finish line. You will see everything come to pass that you've prayed about, that you've dreamed about with your companies, with your finances, with your businesses, with your children, with your grandchildren, with your great-grandchildren. In this room, there are finishers. In this room, there are finishers. In this room, there are finishers. There is no quit in you. You are survivors. You are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are first and you are not last. You are finishers. You are winners. There are winners in this room. You are the treasure in the head of God and it's time Northgate it's time it's time it's time everything that you keep believing for it's time God teach us to not take no for an answer because your promises have a yes and not a no your promises have a yes And so we say more, Lord. We say more. It keeps getting better and better from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And I pray that these teenagers have the most historic time at youth camp. So Judah roars in this region. May you have the most historic youth camp ever in your life. And parents, when you go in July, may you have the most historic encounters in Mobile, Alabama. May you get marked for life that you are finishers, you are winners, and you are treasures in the hands of God. And I say, let the builders marry the land. Let the builders marry Northeastern Ohio and dream. May this kingdom builders this Wednesday be the most historic kingdom builders. I pray no settle over you. I pray no settle over you. I pray no settle over you. You bought a white van. That's right. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's who's buying what next? That's what we have to begin to ask ourselves. Who's buying what next? Who's buying what next? Who's buying what next? A house? Yep. Who's buying what? Oh, we thought it was a house, but it becomes a launch pad for a family in Ravenna that poverty gets broken when we break the orphan spirit and we release the spirit of adoption. 
Who would have thought amongst a bunch of former addicts, we have to say beware of the political spirit and beware of the religious spirit. Why? Because they want to be bound in fear and control their whole lives. And we say yes. We say yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we say yes. Prophet Mike, I'm going to turn this over to you and you guys do whatever you want to do. All right. Come on, it's that time. Elder Nietzsche would come up. This is one of the most precious times I think most churches out there just take for granted and try to rush through. And uh, as we got that revelation tonight, I believe honors one of those things, how we build eternal things. Because in that parable, when Paul was talking about it, he said some people build with wood and hay and some people build with like gold and precious stones. And those temporary things, they get, it'll get tested by fire and you'll see what man's works will be able to stand. So I believe this is a huge transition point. And it's, it's just part of this thing that, that I heard tonight, which I think is very significant that's happened this night as we honor the seats, is as the encounter came through, I heard the song of the Desert Fathers that hasn't been heard, that's only heard in secret, will be heard for a thousand years. And I heard, the, we know the sound of many waters, but I heard the sound of many fathers. And I believe you two in your seats, being in authenticity, being sons. Many have tried to be fathers without being sons. We know that doesn't work. You can't be a father without being a son first. And so as you two step into that, I believe there's a sound that is contagious and courageous that allows people and other fathers to be, that you'll hear their sound that the sound of fathers that we talk about and we read about the desert fathers and all these things, the, the Lord's saying it's time to put that in public. That's coming up in front. And I believe it starts tonight in this time of honor. And so as I was praying for you two today, um, I kept hearing Luke 7.35, where Jesus says, wisdom is vindicated by your children. And I, for, in my mind, I'm thinking that's just a proverb Jesus quoting, right? So I went and I searched it out, and it's actually Jesus addressing the Pharisees and the accusations. He said, you come and call the Son of Man a glutton and a wine-bibber, but wisdom is vindicated by your children. And all week long, I've been thinking about how incredible. You know, some of us knuckleheads need to probably listen a little more, apply some things a little more. But I just started thinking about the children. Because wisdom is vindicated by her children. And I see the kids that are just raised in this. And Talani, Wednesday night, flowed prophetically. And I just mentioned as I was talking, I said, you're probably nervous to give that out, right? And she looked at me like I was dumb, like, huh? And it hit me for a moment. Because Armin and I were talking about this today. We have no, my generation has no idea what it's like to try to minister without fear. And, And Talani did it. And she looked at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, you're probably scared, and you had to take a chance and take a risk. And she's like, no. <laughs> she like looked at me like, no. And I realized what, what seems like a small nuance is a huge deal. And they could have never had that permission if it wasn't for you two. So I'm just saying all the critics, all the betrayal, all the accusations, all the cult shaming and everything else that we've gotten to plant it, you too will be vindicated by not only your biological children, but this next generation that we're seeing burn. So I say thank you for never giving up, never letting up. Thanks for holding us accountable and keep coming, even with this given 15 thing, to keep continually being intentional and go and go and go. Why? Because wisdom will be vindicated by your children. We're seeing that now. This generation has no idea what religious fear is. So how far are they going to go that they don't have to take 20 years of processing? They just say, I'm love. That's what you keep telling me. I believe it. And it's, it can never happen without you two being vulnerable and doing this stuff. So we're, you guys are so beloved. You two are so beloved in us in so many different ways. So, um, Elder Mike. I just want to say thank you both for being a gate for all of us. 
I don't know, but I don't know about everybody else. I know about the people that I'm closest with, but the way that my life, my life is now 10 years after walking with both of you, I was just a steel worker making half, if not a third of what I should have been making because I didn't have enough honor for myself to go look at a man because I've never, I'd never done it before and say, this is what I believe I'm worth. This is what I believe I bring to the table. And this man, this man had to come and bring that out of me to where I can actually walk in life confident. Anybody else? Mama T and pastor done that for you. I can actually walk through life with my head up because I'm not ashamed of where I've come from. This is my new heritage. I love my family. I love where I've come from, my, my lineage, but this is my new lineage. This is the foundation for my life. And I'm so grateful for you guys and your yes because of your yes with Apostle D and with Mama Tammy. You guys have become a gate for us that we can have lives that we've never dreamed of. And I was, as I was praying... I got this, and you don't have to put it up there, guys. I'm just going to read through it. This is to admonish all of us as a family. Because I love this day. I love when we get to, to come together and take a portion of time, and we're able to, to pour out our love publicly on this couple, and we get to honor them. And they're worthy of that, and it's due to them. I want to read this scripture because this is, I didn't see this before until I went through and read all of it. I think we've probably read maybe one or two verses of this when it comes to honoring your leaders. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And he goes on, and I'm going to read all these, in what ways we can live our lives to honor the ones that we call leaders. He says, live peaceably with each other. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Those who are afraid to start is what I heard when I, when I read that, who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is what we can do to honor those that we call leaders. I love this moment. But this moment can become every day of our lives, guys. This is the extravagance. This is when we get to pour out our extra, the extravagance of our love. But when we live peaceably with one another, we show honor to those that have led us to that place. When we're not timid to start the thing that's been spoken into our lives and we encourage each other, listen, this is what the Lord said. Don't be afraid to start. I show honor to those that are leading me. When I'm not afraid to work hard when, it call, when it's called for, that no man can look at me and say he's lazy, I bring honor to my father and to my mother. Amen? Amen? Come on, Jesus. Yahweh, I just feel to pray. You got something to say too, Papa Ed? Yahweh, I thank you for this couple. And I pray that extravagance gets poured on them, not just today, but starting today. 
We're declaring even more extravagance poured on them, Yahweh. Who I thank you for abundance. And I thank you for an abundance of honor from sons and daughters being laid at their feet in Jesus' name. Whoa. Okay, this is what Yahweh told me this week for you guys and for your parents and, the, and all the kids and all your children. Okay, so I'm just going to read this first first and then I'm going to tell you something else. Okay, so this is, this is what I think you guys are, one of the things you guys are. So, But the wisdom from above is, is first pure, morally and spiritually undefiled, then peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle, reasonable, and willing to listen, full of compassion and good fruits. It is unwavering without, with, without self-righteousness, hypocrisy, and self-serving guile. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness, spiritual maturity, is sown in peace. By those who make peace, by actively encouraging goodwill between individuals. And wasn't it Damon that said that you guys are like settling issues, you're to be settling issues? Okay. So this part is for all of you guys. Um, let's see. You guys know that everything, Yahweh puts everything good in your mom and dad and all those things come out of them and into you guys and from you guys to them. And did you ever think about how Yahweh makes bones inside of your Bob before you're born or, or the organs or anything else in there? So here it is. This is the, the real good part. So... When you guys have kids, they're going to be the fifth living generation of kingdom family. And Lord, I declare that I declare that those kids will not only be the fifth generation, but they'll continue to go on, and they'll be the first generation of the next five coming up. We can get the Clendens to come up. I was kind of worried at first that this was going to sound like we were rambling, but after listening to Mama T and to Pop, into you guys so so many things that we wrote are it's been 45 days it'd be 10 years our journey together began 10 years at a, 10 years ago at a fireworks show in newton falls we couldn't help but notice there were like 60 people running around together they were hanging out playing games they all had the same T-shirts on. <laughs> yes, the overtaken shirts. <clears throat> I think at one point we all had like 10 of them. Uh, so I stopped one of them to ask about the shirts and was immediately asked to come to a church service in an old gym in Shalersville that coming Sunday. So we went, we saw a gym full of crazy people going after God with everything they had. We were saved. We went to church, but we had never seen anything like that. We came looking for a new church, but what we found was a family and a home. So we went that Sunday, and we never left. When you do life together, I mean really do life together, you go through a lot. We started running with you guys 
in the go, 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 five nights a week, 20 different ministries of the Nazarite days. And that went to the beginning of the slowdown and becoming hidden in the wilderness. To the, re- to the re-identifying of a house by an apostle. And through the exodus out of the man away and into the home of the rockets. Where we spent the last few years diving deep into the Father's love to find out who we are as beloved. To finally arrive right on time, and right where we were supposed to be. You guys led us through all of that as a family. In our personal journeys, you walked us through some of the darkest and challenging times of our lives. Through things that would have tore most families apart. Through four miscarriages, with love and assurance of our promises. Through issues with raising kids, trials at my job. You've also gotten to celebrate with us through some of our best times. But through it all, you did it in love. Never spoke or showed disappointment. Never got angry, never yelled, and you didn't throw us away. You've presented us a frame that is reflected in the way you live your life. That example, coupled with teaching, has allowed us to become better. Better parents, better spouses, how to honor extravagantly, how to love one another and those around us unconditionally, to love ourselves. You led us hand in hand into the acceptance of beloved identity. You've asked us to do a lot of things over the years. But we can honestly stand here and say that none of them have been for control or personal gain to yourselves. They've all been to better us, our children, and the kingdom. Thank you for being our pastors, for being a mother and a father, for standing by us through thick and thin and never giving up. We love you, and we love you guys so much. It's an honor to be a son and daughter in this house. And it's an honor to run with you. And the best is yet to come. We love you guys. He's so much better with words than I am. I have the better handwriting, but he's got the better words. And when I was thinking about it today, Yahweh said, be intentional with what's in your heart. So thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for showing that you're not perfect. So I can be okay not being perfect. Thank you for giving me hope. And to keep trying when I didn't want to. Thank you. Wow, 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 wow. If you only knew their story. Man. That's why the outside just, they'll never know. Because you don't, you don't talk about that stuff. Man. They walked through a lot of stuff with all of us, didn't they? Have they not? Come on, I'm looking around the room at all the stories. So last but not least, if we can get the Mitchell family to come up. Where do you start? 15 plus years before we ever knew the revelation of love, loving love. You gave that to us from the very beginning. From the love that you had for me 
when we started building a house for you in Bethel, Ohio. Through all of the years, every hard time, every good time, all the things I needed encouraging in, all the things I needed corrected in, I am so thankful that God put a father like you in my life. A man that would stand up for me and stand up to me and say, Joe, this is what you need to do. And I thank you. And I thank you, Mama Tina, for the love of the mother that I get to feel out for you. My mom's been gone a long time, and I know I call mom, mom. But I get that love from you, too, and I honor you. And going back to the love, loving, love thing, I got this first today. And it just swirled my heart into weeping where I, where I was sitting for more honor for you guys. It says, and this is an everyday thing. When he said that, it's an everyday thing. This is it right here. <clears throat> Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as believers of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. I could try, but I don't think I ever could. You guys are so incredible. The more we give, the more you give. And I'm just so thankful. Not just that you get to be in my life. You've been in my kid's life for all these years. And now you get to be in my foster kid's life. Thank you. Ditto. <laughs> ditto Clintonins. Ditto Joe. Uh, 15 years. We sat and we talked and we laughed. Just about all that, all that we've gone through together. It's never been just me and Joe. It's always been me and Joe and Papa Jimmy and Mama Tina and your kids and Mama Pop Savage, and Mama Pop Lovejoy. You guys have been there the whole time. And there is something that, I'm not even going to read it, but that sign over there, Joe and I were here a couple weeks ago praying, and the Lord took me to that sign. It says, home is not a place, it's a feeling. And I'm like, okay, why am I reading this? And he said, because when those three kids came into your house, they came in like they knew you. They hugged you. They played with toys. It wasn't that they were coming into a foster home. They were coming into a feeling of home. And that's what you guys are to us. You're home. You're a safe place where we can go, where every single person in this house can run to home for everything that they need. And we honor you and we love you with everything. There's not words that can tell you how much we honor and love you. It's been a pleasure to serve you for 15 years. And you kids are a treasure to us. We have watched you grow since you were babies. And we treasure you. I'm so blessed every time I look at you and see you operating in who you are and your authentic identity. We love you, and it's an honor for us to be Uncle Joe and Aunt Steph. We love you guys so much. Oh, this is incredible. If we can get a couple guys to move this table, we'll just put it down here at the end of the stage. Here in a moment when uh, we release you, we're just going to ask that uh, – you come up with your families, and the Lovejoy family is going to be standing over here. And uh, you could come and hug their necks and give them your card and honorarium. So, Kevin, um, Elder Nietzsche had a great idea uh, to put gratitude on, playing in the background as we do this. And, Steph, we do have some gifts to the Lovejoy family as a church. All right. So, um, kids, this is you too. This is you guys. Where's Taterbug? Because you guys are as big a part as mom and pop are. 
listen, you guys give them up for us. And it's special. And you've done it since you're babies. So we want you to know how special that it is. Because we know when we take away them from you, it's a lot. But we love y'all. So could we get one more standing round of applause for our pastors? Come on, man. It's such an honor right now. All the kids, man, everything, the legacy in this city. Tell you, it's incredible. Incredible. From every little detail. So, uh, pastors, if you'd like to come up and just have you come over here. Kids, would you like to come and? Joe, Steph, Mike, Aaron, thank you so much. Like just that small, just walk down memory lane. Just, man. I think for me, every time I stand in this platform, I get to look and just thank God for all that we've been through together. Like, he's good. He is so good. It's just, it's, it's just a lot. It's, it's a lot, but it was perfect. It was perfect. Thank you guys so much. Just, I don't know why religion has guest speakers come in on days like this. I go back to the first time we did this and Dakota got up and said, I've been, I've been walking with this man for 10 years. And now I look at a dad and a mom with three children. I'm telling you, man, it's just... And then what you said today, I can't express to this house enough this path us moms and dads in the room, grandma and grandpas, we're the first generation of this house. Ed said that they're a fifth generation. I saw the third generation in Panama City, and it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Fifth is a kingdom family, but in here, they'll be the third. What my great-grandchildren will be what I'm already seeing our kids become is phenomenal. But I'm telling you, man, what we'll see in our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren, they're called to flip the world upside down. And we're seeing it now in the next generation. So I'm thankful for this. So I just, I just want to take a moment and I just, I want to honor Nolan and Shirley Ball when they got made fun of and they were called a cult and he, that man kept on a path Northgate you're special because Aaron Smith sent his son Joshua here I'm telling you, man, what Apostle D sees in you. He said he had weeks worth of notes to come here and honor the seventh year of this house. And Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, you go tell them they're a treasure. I know today you're honoring my family, but if we can as a family help you find who you are, We're going to make a difference. We are, let me say this, let me be corrected. We are making a difference. We are making a difference. Just literally highlighting the Mitchells and the Clendenins when you say all that we've walked through in 10 years and 15 years, it's been amazing. It's had trials, but man, where we're standing today, 
Wouldn't trade it for anything. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And you speak to us the best is yet to come, but we speak to you the best is yet to come. And I so honor Joe and Steph as a mom and dad with these foster children. God give the Clendenins their miracle baby that's how much this family means to us like we pray and give and sow on behalf of each other so like Nolan Ball let us continue to be weird let us continue to be a cult but we know what we have in this room. We know what we have in this room and we're thankful for it. So we love you guys and man, please take your time and just share with us as, as you guys come through. This can be the greatest altar call in Northgate history right here by honoring one another and loving on each other and just saying how far we've all come together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.